Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Welcome Marxist comrades, revolutionaries, Trotskyites, extreme pinkos, David Hasselhoff fans and those who look good in red. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike and joining me tonight are my fellow revolutionaries, AJ and John. AJ, do you like a red under your bed? <laughs> what a hat. You caught me by props. surprise. He's, he's wearing props. It's an, again, audio only podcast. Audio Props. No. I do it. I just do. I do it for you guys. I know, but do, I, I just don't want anyone out there to think that we don't work for this podcast. The boobometer is real. It's real. The props are real. Okay, they are. They are. Now, John, how are you, mine Führer? Well, well <laughs> that's a sort of a different thing, and then we're getting all, getting it all mixed up. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm Jawohl. Uh, or is that remain yes? Does it in in German or something? Uh, yeah. So th- all of this is a great. That's a great introduction, Ricky. Um, one, two, three, 1961, The end of our Billy Wilder uh, trilogy here. Um, black and white. Two, three, five ratio. Widescreen ratio. You know. What do we make of this? Uh, have we had we obviously we'd never seen this movie. This is obscure. No. This movie is obscure. I, w- I would I would class this as obscure, you know. This isn't mm. some like it hot. So, you know, I mean, yeah, what do you say? What do you say? I mean, like, you know, I, I got a lot to say. Right, you know? Well, I, yeah, I'd, I'd never seen it before, and it took me, I don't know, it took me about half an hour to get what the fuck I was looking at. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what's going on? What, what is the this? fuck is this? Like. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it's if you're not paying attention in this movie, it's yep. shit's part passing you by. Yeah. Well, I saw this. Uh, God, maybe 15 years ago now, and um, the, I I distinctly remember a time before I cared about politics, and that was then. And um, so I just didn't understand anything in it. I was like, what's 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 Berlin? What are these people? <laughs> yeah. What is this? I don't I, you know, I just didn't get it. Whereas the more you know about uh, history and about the, that time period, about communism, about the, you know, the Soviets and the, the you know, the US, all that sort of stuff, then the, the, be- the, the more fun this movie is. Um, but we weren't alone in not knowing uh, w- sort of what we were looking at uh, because when this first came out, um, it wasn't a hit, if memory serves. And uh, Billy says it was a, you know, sort of miss people. I think maybe for different reasons, people weren't into it. I think it wasn't funny to them uh, right. because they were living it. I mean, we can talk about this a bit later, but the the wall went up while they were shooting pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry yeah. to steal your trivia, Ricky, but it's a big, it's consequential. Uh, so the Berlin Wall was not a thing when they started. Uh, but that, that that impacted the film because it's it, you know it's a comedy it's a funny movie and it was made before the war and then it came out when the war was up so I guess people's spirits were a bit down about it and yeah. 
maybe they didn't want to see a comedy about the Berlin. You know, but the good news is, Berlin. in the eighties, it had a huge revival, and it was it played in Berlin oh. for a year. Oh wow! Yeah. So it had its day, and I think that it's gained. Like because some of the stuff that that he uh, he talks about in the movie sort of came true, or or you know, or or I think the because tensions were only got hotter over over the twenty years after this movie, what well, twenty thirty years actually. Uh, mm. So I think it only gained, but at the time it was a decide. I could see how it being decidedly unfunny. Life in Berlin was more or less normal. Eastern sector was still in rubble. The Western sector enjoyed all the blessings of democracy. Just by coincidence, this happened to be the company I worked for. Hello, hello, Mr. Hazeltine. There's something important I'd like to discuss with you. It's about our daughter, Scarlett. Oh, we'd be delighted to have her stay with us. It's just that... She's flying Pan Am. Plane is due in Berlin at 4.30. What have we got here? Whatever it is, it's all ours for the next two weeks. Isn't that Marvy? <laughs> what have you been up to? I went to East Berlin. East Berlin? There's this boy over there. You're not engaged again, are you? No. Thank God. We're married. For a minute, I was afraid. She married a communist. How are we going to explain this? Exactly what do you do when you're together? Last night, we were blowing up balloons. You've been helping this guy to spread anti-American propaganda? She's pregnant? Is this your idea of the job? Oh, I wouldn't worry about it. He's a wonderful boy. We will take over Western Europe. We will bury you. Bury us, but don't marry us. You can't fool Daddy that easy. I will not be turned into a capitalist! I didn't say it was going to be easy, but we sure can try. What is all this? You're being adopted. Just like that, without even asking me. Is everybody in this world corrupt? I don't know everybody. Cheers. One-time hotshot Coca-Cola executive, C.R. McNamara, played by James Cagney, is cooling his heels in the West Berlin office, recovering from a professional setback. When the film opens, he's in the midst of brokering a deal to introduce Coke to the Soviets, offering up his hot blonde secretary, Miss Ingeborg, uh, the one he himself is stooping to the three Soviet stooges tasked with closing the deal. Mac is hoping to get promoted to London to become the head of Western, the Western European division of Coca-Cola. McNamara receives a call from his boss, W.P. Hazeltine, uh, who land, hands him a special task. He has to babysit his 17-year-old daughter, Scarlett, while she's in Europe recovering from a serious case of hot pants. <laughs> As her stay extends, Mac discovers that she's been sneaking into East Berlin every day. The real shock comes when she announces that she is now engaged to... Well, actually, no, she's married to a communist. Is she married? Engaged. Yes. No, married. She's married. Okay, sorry. She is married to a communist named Otto Piffel, a committed party man who is decidedly anti-communist. On the eve of the arrival of Scarlett's father, the big boss... Uh, she announces further that she and Otto are headed off to Moscow to begin their new life. Mac has Otto framed and arrested at the Brandenburg Gates by planting pro-American items on his persons, a cuckoo clock that plays Yankee Doodle Dandy wrapped in the Wall Street Journal. Otto is interrogated by the East Germans uh, and somewhat tortured but via rock and roll. 
and is hounded into signing a confession that he is an American spy. Max's victory is short-lived because he, is, he now has two problems. His wife is sick of Europe and wants to return to America. And two, it turns out that young Scarlett is now pregnant. He now needs to ret- retrieve Otto back from the East Germans. Using his hot secretary slash mistress as bait, Mac enters East Berlin and dupes the three Soviet representatives into handing over Otto in exchange for Fraulein Ingeborg. The Soviets realize too late that Mac has switched Ingeborg with his long-suffering assistant Schlemmer and a chase <laughs> ensues, but Mac manages to escape back to West Berlin with Otto. Mac goes on a whirlwind Pygmalion-type project to turn Otto uh, from a communist into a capitalist, having him adopted by an obscure count who is now a washroom assistant and having him outfitted with a spiffy tailored suit to fit his new aristocratic identity. Hazeltine, the big boss, arrives and Otto wins him over. Max ruse is a total success. It's so successful that Hazeltine offers the London Post to Otto instead of Mac, who gets offered a bump uh, in a slight promotion, but back in Atlanta, back home in the US. Mac reconciles with his wife, uh, who's on her way home, and to celebrate their return to the US, buys a few Cokes, but discovers that the machine has mistakenly been stocked with Pepsi. <laughs> Sting in the tail. Short correction: you, you said that Otto was anti-communist, but he's anti-capitalist. That's true. That is true. Thanks very much. I like that little Pepsi bit at the end. Yes. Apparently, that was put in because there was some pressure put on uh, by Pepsi to have them in the movie as well because there was so much Coke going on. So. <laughs> No. Coca-Cola. So much Coca-Cola going on, I should say. Yes. Well, it's a um it just shows the game's rigged, you know. When they're both in it, mm. you just go right. So they don't even hate each other. And just on that <laughs> just on that topic before we leave it, uh I know I'm dipping into trivia, but Joan Crawford was then on the board of PepsiCo PepsiCo and she was the one that called oh. Billy Wilder Wilder and said to pro- to protest the movie's Coca-Cola connection I think that's basically. In the movie. I think that's in Mommy Dearest. Pepsi, is it? The Pepsi stuff. I remember this. We're going to watch that movie. Amazing. We're totally going to watch that movie. Um, So, I love this movie. Uh, Well, I I got problems with this movie, but I love the world of this movie. Uh, Mm. Because I'm increasingly interested in post-war Berlin. I knew nothing of this place, really. I've never been there. I think you've been there. Ricky, is that right, to Berlin? No. No, you've been to somewhere else in Germany. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, not to say. No, I've I've, I've only briefly you. been Don't to Cologne. Me. I don't want to know. Take, take it back. In fact, fuck you. <laughs> so anyway, the point is, post-war Berlin and the wall. Because we were kids when this wall came down. I didn't know yeah. what this was. I didn't mm. understand what it meant. Um, but the more, I mean, I kind of want the world, the, the pre-war wall world back. Like I kind of want that, you know, obviously that 80s world. It was a lot more definite. But this movie's interesting. I love the airport set, particularly that looks so fake as well. It's beautiful, big back backdrop, like painted backdrop of the uh, Berlin architecture. The Coke factory is so interesting because they shot a lot, almost all of it in Berlin. Almost all of it, right. except the airport, which was in in um, studio. But everything else was was in Berlin. That's mm. why it's so weird looking. But it's fun. It's it makes um 
sort of the you know the the carving up of berlin and and all the stuff that went on there look a bit fun even though when you think about it more and more it's awful really yeah yeah anyway sure. first impressions you can tell me now you know the fucking story what <laughs> Well, uh, first impressions is it, it goes at a mile a minute. Mm. Uh, it's so fast. And Cagney spends 98% or maybe 99% of the film shouting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. It does seem that way. He was asked about this by Cameron Crowe in this great book, Conversations with Wilder. And Cameron Crowe's like, you know, what, did you notice that he was shouting? And then Billy's like, was he shouting? Or maybe that was just your projectionist. <laughs> You know, and you go, come on, baby. he was fucking shouting. But he said he was a total pro. He just did it. He he didn't need multiple takes, just went, let's go. And he just did it. Oh, all just wow. bang, old school, just all out, you know. It it did destroy him, though. Yeah, because he didn't work for 20 years he, after Yeah, he, he quit after oh. this. Yeah. But then again, yeah. that's a comp. It's, that would have been the straw that the camel's back. This is 1961. He's 60 at this point mm. or, or thereabouts. He's done everything you can do incredible career lived a hundred lives and yeah i can understand this breaking him but this but the times would have broken him like even the stuff they're talking about in this movie is heavy like the world has changed world war ii is over it's a it's a complex world um there's you know yeah rock and roll's coming in all of those social changes are coming in so i mean movies are changing before, before his very eyes and I don't know. He does seem like in a, in from a different time in this movie. Yeah. Well, particularly when you uh, when you see someone like uh, what's his name, Horst uh, Buchholz. Buchholz. I don't know. Buchholz, because he is sort of almost like a James Dean sort of a looking guy. New Hollywood, young, like sort new of. Hollywood. Mm. So it's kind of the old and the new right there. Uh, but but I have I have a nice quote here from Conversations with Wilder. Um, he says that uh, we knew we were going to have a comedy. We were not going to be waiting for the laughs, but we had to go with Cagney because Cagney was the whole picture. He really had the rhythm, and that was really good. It was not funny, but just the speed was funny. The general idea was let's make the fastest picture in the world. And yeah, we didn't wait. Uh, we did not wait for once for the big laughs. So they were just like pace, pace, you know, knocking this shit out. Yeah, which is funny because of the pacing in Some Like It Hot. Like to compare that to with the maracas, yeah, there was no time for that. But that's yeah. that's that's the perfect uh, uh, comparison because he he realised in that scene he's like, oh, we need Jack Lemmon to use the maracas so people can laugh. Whereas mm. here, there's no there's no pausing for laughter. And if you've ever no. shot a comedy beat, um, I, I foolishly have in the past, you only realise that people who are really good at it um, leave. You know, they leave spaces for laughter and stuff. They, they, it's, it's a rhythm thing. And so, I mean, there's, this is just got blast all the way through. So I think maybe the biggest knock on this, for, if we follow this through, is, is it's... Well, Billy says it's not funny. I don't think... I think it, he says it's... I think maybe he's, he's being a bit harsh there. I think it is funny. It makes you feel warm inside, you know, but it's not a riot. You know, no. there's not stuff in it where you go, where you're slapping your knee, going, ah, 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 you know. <laughs> it's not a knee slapper, no. It's not a knee slapper. It's not a riot. But it is It is amusing and and clever and intellectually very clever, mm. you know. There's all sorts of dialogue in it that's really, really interesting. But then again, it's the maybe the biggest thing is politics and comedy. That's a whole, mm. that's a genre, you know. And yeah, you're either sure. into that or you're not. 
You yeah. Know? Like this is, this is, you know, only when you know, I mean, I wouldn't have known what the Brandenburg gates were until fairly recently. And that's, you know, and, and actually I don't even know if this is the same place, but it's, I think that, um, checkpoint Charlie is, is there as well. Right. In, in East, it's the, that's how you get from, East and West Berlin. And maybe mm, that's yeah, even... Exactly. It's probably the Brandenburg Gate. It's probably the same shit. I don't know. I'm finding out as we go. But the more I find out about, about that fascinating time, I'm just, I'm, I'm just interested because all these people must have not... They, like, they wrote this movie. What smart people they must have been. They didn't get this from the internet. They didn't get it from listicles or Wikipedia or BuzzFeed. They read books. <laughs> yeah. They like read books and they read a shitload of books and then they just knew it from books. And then they were, or, or people who were there, obviously. And then they were like, you know, then they carved it all up and made it into a comedy. Whereas, I mean, now you, everyone would be going to Wikipedia. That wasn't yeah. around. I'm just, you know, so I'm just fascinated. Maybe they, they went to a library. <laughs> they went to a <laughs> library and got out all these books and were like, mm. we're going to read all these books and then, you know, yeah. figure it out. But but they even predicted the Cuban Missile Crisis. There's that scene where the the three Russian delegates give uh, McNamara a, a cigar, and he's like, "Oh, it's from Havana." I was like, "Yeah, we've got this deal with the Cubans. You know, they they give us cigars, we give them missiles. You know." And he goes, oh, "Say this is a crummy cigar." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we we send them crummy missiles. <laughs> Constant jokes about how how mm. communism sucks. Here, take one of these. Thanks. Hmm. Made in Havana. We have trade agreement with Cuba. They send us cigars, we send them rockets. Good thinking. Now, I understand from Comrade Mishkin that you guys are very keen on getting Coca-Cola into Russia. He is totally wrong. I did not say we are keen. I said we are mildly interested. Nevertheless, Comrade Mishkin suggested we start with six bottling plants. Moscow, Leningrad, Stalingrad, Kiev. <coughs> you know something? You guys got cheated. This is a pretty crummy cigar. Do not worry. We send them pretty crummy rockets. But but I love those three Russian delegate guys. They're, they're oh, very they were funny. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that, that those that that mechanic of there being these three sort of Soviets comes from uh, a film called Ninochka, uh, which is a similar plot. Um, I'm fairly certain Billy wrote that, uh, and um, it's an Ernst Lubitsch movie, and basically, you know, it has those same these three characters in it, and um, yes, Charles Brackett, Billy Wilder. Ninochka, which is a wonderful 1940 film. Uh, and so he's taken those three corruptible Soviets and put them in this movie, and it's perfect. Like, you know, mm. uh, they were, it, which is, yeah, they're, they're just, uh, what a great trio, you know, everything they say. He, one of them's really, um, there's so many lines in this movie I love, but were like little things like one of the guys, one of the Soviets says, I did not say we were keen, I said we were mildly interested. <laughs> I did not say Minsk. I said Pinsk. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, those three guys—they will do anything for that blonde skirt. Oh yeah, you know, anything. <laughs> and the, I think the, the line I like the most is when um, uh, when they ask to get the documents in triplicate. And they say, um, do you want the blonde in triplicate or the documents in triplicate? And then they're like, see what you can do. (laughs) 
Forget details. You will draw up temporary agreement, we will submit to Moscow. And I'll have to consult with Atlanta, Georgia. When will papers be ready? I'll put my secretary right to work on it. Your secretary, she's that blonde lady. That's the one. You will send papers to East Berlin, this blonde lady, in triplicate. You want the papers in triplicate or the blonde in triplicate? See what you can do. Wouldn't that line shut down Hollywood? Wouldn't people... Um, well, the, the trailer would these days. Trailer. Because it focuses on her ass. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. This sounds it like my favourite trailer. In. Yeah. Does it? It, oh. it? it focuses a lot on the secretary. Yeah. Wow. Well, there are shots of her ass for sure. <laughs> yeah, lots. <laughs> so I was thinking the same thing. Definitely cancelled. Well, I, I know we're not quite ready for the Me Too meter, but, but the whole secretary deal here... It, you know, is is highly problematic. She's basically used as a bargaining bargaining chip. Yes, by McNamara. Yes, yes. You know. But here's the question I have for you. Oh, this movie makes a lot of fun of communism, but what about capitalism? You know, does it does capitalism get a whack as well? Because this is 1960. This isn't you know 1947. So there is some doubt creeping in. So much doubt that. People need a little reminding, uh, you know, Kennedy still did have to get up and say, ask not what your country can do for you. So it's not like people were like fully on board. There was creepings in of, of a little bit of doubt in America about the system. And there's a lot of stuff in this that, that could be taken both ways. So, for instance, the communists in this movie, they're corrupt. They live in poverty and fear. <laughs> Everything's broken. <laughs> But the Americans, the Americans are greedy, they lack morals, they're driven yeah. to make a buck by exploiting others. Miss Ingeborg is essentially a bottle of Coke. You know, she's the same. It's a, he, he makes a deal, uh, you know, for the, for the Coke syrup with the, the, the Soviets, but then he's, he's horse trading with her as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, I think that Billy must be aware of this. And and some of the cap capitalist stuff comes across as very silly as well. Like you know the the McNamara's son who wants to bring his roller skates to to the trip on Venice. <laughs> to Venice. He he's just <laughs> the son is very funny. I wish he was in it a little bit more. He he's he's a great little douchebag. But then, but yeah, like like the wife talks about you know that she wants to bring her family back to America so that son can have peanut butter and some other vapid <laughs> but, bullshit. But, but there you, know. you go. Like, like that's that, that we're, you know, we have to get too deep necessarily, but we're talking about, she's saying, you know, um, I want to be in America, you know, I mm. want to be, I want him to be an American and I want him to yeah. have uh, an American upbringing with PB and J and yeah. mm. all of yeah. that. And when really, because we're, you know, we're, we're sellouts and we would happily leave this place if we were rich enough, then, <laughs> you, you know, you would, we look at it and go, oh, wow, he's living in a cool place. Don't go back mm. to America. Uh, uh, you know, like li <laughs> live, in, live in a, be a globalist. Yes, Phyllis, what's the matter? It's Tommy. We're having a little crisis here. Why don't you talk to him? Tommy, your father's on the phone. Hello, Dad. Nothing. It's just that Mother's ganging up on me. What do you mean by that? I think your mother's absolutely right. It's silly to pack them. What are you going to do with roller skates in Venice? All the streets are underwater. So what? I'm taking my aqualung and my snorkel. Here, your husband wants to talk to you. Yes, Mac? Look, Phyllis, let him pack what he wants. All right, so I'm spoiling him. Big deal. Don't worry, the car will be there at five, then you'll pick me up at the office and I'll take you to the airport. Yes, mein Führer. But, it's, but you're right, the... 
you know, but the kids that yeah yeah are proven to be uh, garish Americans. They've got their their roller mm. skating upstairs and you know making a lot of noise <laughs> and. You know, McNamara says at one point to the... And that's actually the, the contrast between the two groups. So uh, it's there all the time. So I think McNamara says, you know, um, you get the, uh, you know, you get the syrup uh, and you handle the bottling. And then that, he goes, and we get a royalty. And they say, we got rid of the royalty when we liquidated the czar or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, um, uh, you, you pay us because you'll pay us, you know, some money basically. And then they say, "Oh, how about we just give you tickets to the Bolshoi or whatever?" And then he says, "No, no, no, no culture, just cash." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they say, "The ugly American," which is a, you know, <laughs> so it's this the cultureless new American capitalist is being lampooned here as well. Yeah, you know, maybe that's why people don't know where to put this movie. They they watch it, they're mm. like, "Am I a hundred percent?" Like, but then I don't understand. Tony Curtis in in Some Like It Hot is a piece of shit. Like yeah. he's a total scumbag who's out for the puss. And here it's the same deal. Like he's totally, you know, um, just out for number one. And maybe people just mm. are like, oh, I don't know how to feel about it. But that's why I think the Berliners loved it in the eighties, especially because you know what I what I've learned about the Berlin Wall is it was. When it first started, it was. I'll, I'll finish this point in a second. But when it first started, it was mo- brilliantly executed. By the way, they did it like basically at midnight or something. They just like shut it down and started building, and people were shocked and couldn't believe it was happening. And then it was just done. It was like quite a brilliant, uh, coordinated effort to actually build it. And when it first started, for a long time, uh, it was monstrous. Like you could get shot off it and kill. People were killed, and it was a serious deal. And people would, it was you know life or death. But then that eased off, you know, towards in the eighties and stuff. Like it was getting, it was still highly policed, but it wasn't you know as monstrous as it was. And so I think maybe with the with with the changes that were coming, people just were you know, more willing to laugh at the situation as opposed to go, this is dreadful. Mm. (laughs) Well, Scarlett also says at one point, like, you know, she's done the Mona Lisa, she's done museums and stuff. I've done that Mona Lisa bit. (laughs) Yes. And she just wants to go to clubs and party. La Sexy is where she wants to go. The crazy horse, La Sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think... When 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 she first uh, appears in the film, uh, I was like, "What? Like she's the most annoying person I've ever seen on screen to begin with." Like she, she, the way she gets off the plane, I I just couldn't understand what her deal was. Like her behavior is so bizarre. Like I don't know what she's doing. Like it's almost like she's coming, but <laughs> but not. I don't know. She's it's just weird. Pants. It's like she's squealing she's and she's like. Yeah, she's- She's, she's just, a teenager. She's, yeah, I don't know. I've never heard flirting like that before. I don't know what she's doing. It's just <laughs> screaming, girls screaming mm. and having a having a <laughs> laugh, mate. It's bizarre. Yeah. Pardon me, is this the plane from Paris? We miss you. Isn't there a Miss Hazeltine among the passengers? There was a Miss Hazeltine among the passengers, but we have lost her. You lost her? She has joined the crew. <laughs> <laughs> Scarlet Hazeltine, if I ever saw one. Miss Hazeltine, I'm McNamara. This is Mrs. McNamara. Welcome to Berlin. Hi there. 
Yeah. How was your flight? Just marvelous. The boys let me bust doozled off. May I have your hat? Okay, fans, drop them in. Pick one, will you please? I'm game. What does it say? It says Pierre. Well, that's me. Well, where do I come to pick you up? What's our dress? Why? Well, we just had this lottery and Pierre won me. Lucky Pierre. He's the navigator. That's so. Well, you better change your course, Lucky. You're way off the beam. <laughs> but I, I actually think she's one of the best best parts of, of the movie. She's very funny. like Big screen mm. idiots. Yes, yes. I love she big screen idiots. She is a total idiots. ditz. Yeah, and she doesn't get anything to do with with the politics of the situation. She doesn't really know communism or capitalism. It's just all the same to her, really. And I just, mm. I just love how Scarlett falls in love with Otto after he calls her bourgeois scum. <laughs> and then she's like fawns over him. That's, yeah, like, that, that's yeah. so good. I love that bit. All of her uh, lines are the best. <laughs> yeah. You tell daddy I'm on the way to the USSR. That's short for Russia. <laughs> <laughs> so she just she just steals the show with yeah. her with her her foolishness. Like she's blind, like so so. Um, I don't know. Blithely fallen into this love affair with a complete ideologue, and but because he's but. I guess yeah, it's a perfect match. A a Southern American um, dimwit, <laughs> daddy's girl, a daddy's girl, and and a total ideologue, you know. Scarlet, what's all the excitement? Oh, nothing. You just scared the hell out of us. You all right? I'm just Marvy. What were you doing in East Berlin? You mean last night? I mean all those nights. You see, there's this boy over there. Wow. What boy? What have you been up to? Well, I met him about six weeks ago. I went to East Berlin and there was this parade and they wanted to arrest me. Arrest you? Because I was taking pictures. And then this boy, he was in the parade. He said to the policeman, I shouldn't be arrested, I should be pitied. Because I was a typical bourgeois parasite and the rotten fruit of a corrupt civilization. So naturally, I fell in love with him. But just, just the way she says some of those you know, German words in her, her kind of southern accent is funny too. You know. Well, the scene, my favourite scene is by far the first meeting of Otto and McNamara. It's got some yeah. of my favourite lines in it. So there's, well, there's one that pertains to the two that we've just been talking about. So I'll play this one here. Now, uh, what time are you kids leaving? Seven o'clock on the Moscow Express. Why do you want to know? Because I'm going to dynamite the train. What makes you guys so suspicious? I better get back to the house and start packing. Do you think I ought to take both my mink coats? Darling, no woman should have two mink coats until every woman in the world has one mink coat. Why don't you cut the other one up and make them a pair of shorts? I hear it's freezing there all the time. 30 below zero. Fascist lies! You better go home and pack two, darling. It will take me no time. Just my chessboard, my extra shirt, and 200 books. <laughs> 200 books 200 books yeah <laughs> uh, that's good but because that's the thing I went over one of the books I read on Soviet Russia again I didn't under, I didn't know I'm embarrassed to say all of this I'm just nooting up in front of what an idiot I am but I didn't know how literate they were particularly b- before the fall of communism like that was what people just read read voraciously it was a reading culture you know, and you would borrow books, and it was huge. And so that 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 joke is particularly funny because America, you you would picture an American, you know, they wouldn't be reading two hundred books at the even then. Mm-hmm. Like if television had taken over, you'd be listening to the radio, you'd be you'd be watching movies, 
reading the funnies, whatever. Like, obviously, there would be some people who'd be into books, but he's a poor guy <laughs> with 200 books, you know, mm. like, and he's reading them seriously. And they're probably yeah. all party books as well, like propaganda. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and their apartment only has one piece of furniture, and that's the bed. Yes, and he goes, we yeah. do everything in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they never leave it. Um, some other great lines here. This one's good. Oh, this is a tiny one. This is good. When the day comes, I'll put in a good word for you. Scarlet! It's my parents I feel sorry for. It's too late to save them. Otto says I'll have to be liquidated. Bye! Otto says they have to be liquidated. <laughs> oh. That's good. That's dark humor. That's great. Yeah. Like Otto says yeah. they have to be. It's too late for them. Otto says they have to be liquidated. Like she doesn't really understand it. No. <laughs> but my favorite um. one. This is my favorite one. The last one I'll play you. My favorite line comes at the end of this this sequence. If we're to live together in peaceful coexistence, there must be a certain amount of give and take. How'd you like a thousand marks? For what? Just get on your motorcycle, go back where you came from, and forget about the whole thing. You can't bribe him. Two thousand? How about five thousand? Otto, what are you saying? Okay, five thousand marks. If it's worth five thousand, why not fifty thousand? Fifty thousand? You crazy? I just want to see how far they will go to break up a happy socialist marriage. I spit on your money. I spit on Fort Knox. I spit on Wall Street. Unsanitary little jerk, isn't he? You and your kind are doomed. We will take over West Berlin. We will take over Western Europe. We will bury you. Do me a favor, will you? Bury us, but don't marry us. Look at all this waste. Capitalism is like a dead herring in the moonlight. It shines, but it stinks. He talks like that all the time. Tell him about Coca-Cola colonialism. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> a dead oh. herring in the moonlight. It shines, but it stinks. <laughs> but then her line is the cherry on the top, you know. Oh, oh he always talks about... like this. Tell him about Coca-Cola capitalism. But there's some great lines from her in that as well. Like, like, like she, they, they say, yeah, just like you've been doing in the Congo. And then, they, then she says, real, rather angrily, she says... Um, you know, Africa for the Africans. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> so I think it's um, it's a it's a great scene. I just think it's it's mm. perfect to have these two, you know, it's capitalism and communism going head to head, and she's the perfect foil in between the two. Yeah. You know, and just before we leave that scene, I I like the the first bit. Uh, it's it's early when he walks in and he's still wearing his cap, and McNamara says. You know, take that hat off because obviously, you know, back then you would take your hat off as, as a sign of respect mm. when you go inside. Uh, and he's like, you know, I take my hat off. What does he say in in Lenin's tomb? Yeah, in Lenin's <laughs> tomb, I take my hat off for Tchaikovsky. He's like, I keep it on for Coca Cola or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> but this film is also very dirty. It's got so many. Double entendres <laughs> going on. It's it's all, the it's sexual in, innuendo is off the charts. You know, talking about bilingual. You never work me overtime anymore. You don't <laughs> want the umlaut anymore. Do you have a tattoo <laughs> on your Glockenspiel? <laughs> I didn't hear that one. I love the word Glockenspiel. <laughs> Apparently, he's done it in a few different films. Actually, oh, that's good. Yeah. That is good. Umlaut <laughs> is the one that sticks out to me, you know, because uh, it's it's so deftly uh, handled and it's a one, two, three. We hear it, you know. Well, actually, we hear it a range of times, but, you know, um, 
we'll start with the umlaut, you know, and it's that's dirty because it's you know, it's 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 her pussy. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Okay, <laughs> that's what the umlaut looks like. Uh, so, is dancing erotically on tables while twirling fire in the job description of most secretaries? Do you think? I think so. <laughs> Should be. What do you think of her dancing as well? Like she does, she sort of does. It's it's jiggly sixties mm. dancing. Yeah. You know, again. I mean, now we're just so used to everything being a strip routine, yeah. clothes mm. strip strip routine where they're just, you know, rubbing themselves all over you. Yeah. Whereas this one, she's yeah. It's it was a lot more jaunty and fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it she was. was a lot of fun. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she even got the the belt out and was whipping the table. That's and... right. <laughs> <laughs> but the the Russians they they refer to her as the blonde lady all the time. You know, do you think they could use a name? Maybe Miss Ingeborg. <laughs> well, you know that they, nah. they, they're pigs. Yeah. <laughs> they're pigs. Yeah, they're fully just drooling over her. So yeah, I mean it's. Just... It, it is, it, you know, it's extraordinary, really. There's even the, sh- it's just a constant shots of her butt. Yeah. Yeah. Bending over to pick up stuff. And, yeah. you know, she's totally objectified in a way that I think was um, completely invisible back then. I think mm. that back then they just went, anyway, who wants a cup of tea? We just finished <laughs> shooting that butt shot. <laughs> You know, like one of those Mad Men scenes where she says something and then someone just slaps her in the middle of the conversation and they just go back to talking or something and you go, oh, my God, <laughs> 60s was dreadful. Yeah, you know? Well, one one thing that I thought was funny that, that, that you, you may not think funny, uh, but the, the car chase scene where the Russian car is like falling apart as they're chasing... <laughs> Now, that's funny to me because I once went on a camping trip with some, some friends and one of the dudes owned a Lada. And I don't know if you know what a Lada is, but it was a Russian-made car that sort of hit the market in the, in the 90s. And he, he was a bit old by the time he was driving it around. But we, we were driving basically down this dirt track and the back windscreen just magically fell off. And, <laughs> and, and one of the side sort of bumpers just fell off just randomly. <laughs> And he was like, oh, these fucking Russian cars. It's like, oh, but the heating's so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they put all their resources. Yeah. I, I think, I think uh, yeah, the shittiness of the Russian car must have been a, a, a well-known thing. Yeah. Well, it's a funny scene. <laughs> the car literally falling apart as it's, as it's chasing them. Creepers, creepers, where'd you get those creepers? Creepers, creepers, where'd you get those eyes? Um, well, is it, is it time, AJ? I think it is. I think it's time for Keep or Creeper. So, what have we got this week? We've got James Cagney as C.R. McNamara, 165 centimetres. So, that's... Little. Well, just, you know... <laughs> He'd be wearing lifts. Elevator shoes, I think they call them in yeah. this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, about 60 years old. So, mm. you know, that's... And and in the mid twentieth century as well. So, I mean, life expectancy. So it's yeah. 80, 85. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but I think that you know, I mean, because back then it would be anyway. I had a heart attack. I'm fifty. So if you're That's sixty, 
pretty young kids then really i don't understand how that works like yeah. they you know that's just it's just hollywood baby like they've just gone we want cagney we don't care his screen age is maybe slightly younger but he's 60 and she's pretty old i don't know when she yeah. had the kids so it's like yeah they are old for the kids they've got yeah so anyway uh what were they doing before you know mm. he's a high level and i love her <laughs> good the wife's fun high level executive based in berlin exotic great conditions you know no taxes all sorts of perks he's a bit That's of true. a bit of a workaholic mm. but he is learning another language as well expanding his mind <laughs> when he's not at work don't be against mm. self-development i say He's been working overtime with his teacher, Miss Ingeborg, to nail German. Okay, <laughs> he wants to nail. And it sounds it like he does hard. that in every country. I think. Yeah, well, he's he just really language. wants to nail, <laughs> nail, nail him. Okay, uh, he's resourceful and ingenious. I would say, in many ways, hmm. loves to talk. Yeah, to listen. He's a little bulldog. Yeah, yeah, he's got that energy, you know. Um, mm. Listening, not sure, um, but he's got the answers, <laughs> so maybe you don't need to say much. <laughs> okay, so that's um, McNamara. Next up, we've got uh, Horst Bukholz as Otto Ludwig Piffel, 176 <laughs> centimeters, so a little bit, little bit taller than um, mm. McNamara. About 27, 28. I think he's got chisel, he's chiselled sort of look. Um, yeah, a little bit German. East German, if you want to be technical. Not rich, but highly principled. Mm. Big big reader. Um, definitely true. more political than Mac. For him, the yeah. personal is political. So I think it's mm. going to come up a lot in the discussions. Not a massive fan of capitalism, but, you know, it's not weird. It would be like going out with an Occupy Wall Street guy, I suppose. Um, he likes a party, a communist party. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I meant. So you'll be honeymooning in Moscow, baby. Red Square and Kremlin, all the sites. Uh, but for now, you guys will be nice and cozy, spending all day and night in bed. <laughs> so uh, that's what we got. We got McNamara. We got Piffle. Talk to me, AJ. What are, what are we thinking? Oh, McNamara is great like contrast. a little bulldog. Yeah, definitely. Um, little bulldog. But he's keeping, like, the secretary seems like she's on board. So he's bringing something to the table. She's she's pushing it. Like, where are these yeah. women that, 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 you know. These hot younger women. Push you for sex. They're like, oh, mm. well, you never take advantage of me on the weekends. You never, you know, like, they're really yeah. they're hot for it. So he's he's doing something right. Yeah. And if she's just like, yeah, sweet, I'll, um, I'll partake in these little schemes, she's up for it. She's yeah. a good time. Um, but yeah, nah, I, I think a McNamara is, is too, too bulldoggy for me, too, too screamy. Uh, <laughs> too screamy. <laughs> so a bit, you know, I don't know, high, high, high energy. Mm. Maybe I'd like him as my dad. <laughs> okay, yeah, he, okay. he would just shout the dirty talk to you in bed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I think I get it. So, um, and then good old... Otto. He, is he hot? Yeah, he's all right. He's good looking. Um, but yeah, too much. Too like he's he's not gonna treat you right. No? No. I don't think so. I think he's just gonna he's he's yelly as well. 
He's mm. always yelling. It would always be the party first, wouldn't it? It would be like even though you're spending all this time in bed, I think you'd be talking too much. Right. I don't think there's enough throwdown. Yeah. So too much, too much, <laughs> too much chat, too loud. Too much chat, yeah. too loud, too much, much energy. Much chatter. So there's no, we don't get any, you know, there's no downtime. Yeah, no. Okay. It'd just be. And I think that I'm looking at a coloured photo of him and he's hotter in colour. Really? Black and white doesn't, doesn't do it justice. Oh. He's okay. quite attractive. Okay. But that's not enough. But that, no. Okay. It's too much. <laughs> I just need some downtime. I need some chill. <laughs> I, I feel like that guy's no chill. <laughs> There's no chill. There's in, no. It sounds like in Berlin there is no chill. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, to creep a sweep then. Mm, okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Better luck next week. Well, uh, I've got some trivia for you guys. In James Cagney's autobiography, he says that um, Horst was the only actor he really hated working with because he was uncooperative and tried all kinds of scene-stealing moves. Uh, he said he came close to punching him. Mm. Wow. Big. And that I get a little bit of a vibe between those guys. Like, I don't know, there's just moments where Otto is, I think he's, I don't know, he's just trying too hard or something in front of Cagney. I yeah. don't know, he's doing something that's, like, irritating. I don't know. Yep. Um, so, while watching the blonde lady dance at the Hotel Potemkin, one of the Russians takes off his shoe and bangs it, uh, bangs uh, on the table with it. The banging eventually causes the photograph of uh, Khrushchev to fall out of its frame to reveal the picture of Joseph Stalin behind it. And uh, Khrushchev once famously took off his shoe to bang on the podium during a speech at the United Nations. Mm. So that's where that comes from. These are all the layers people don't care about. Mm. Exactly, yeah. You, you you would have to be some sort of scholar to pick up on some of these things. Yeah. You know? And watch yeah. it a billion times. Yep. Or almost, almost, it was made for for these sorts of times where you would you would trawl the internet for interesting facts mm. and stuff. Like you could geek out about movies, and, or just made where you can watch you know. it more than once, like and not have to watch it once at the cinema and go, oh well, I'll never see it again. Never see That's it again. It. Yeah. Because now you can, yeah. you know. I feel like yeah. The more I watch it, the more I like it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the instruction at the front of the script reads, this piece must be played molto furioso, suggested speed 110 miles an hour on the curves, 140 miles an hour in the straightways. That's amazing. What about the music? You, you, what you read on the music? Uh, it's another Andre Previn score. It's, it's not as good as uh, Irma La Douce. Uh, and they rely pretty heavily on an Aram Kachaturian piece actually called the Sabre Dance, uh, which comes from uh, his ballet, I think, uh, of 1942, uh, which is a bit, I don't know, it's a bit cheesy for my taste. When did, they, when did that become the circus song? <laughs> I don't know. Like it's there's just, just some classical songs that just get totally yeah. stolen by something. And for some, like that now, yeah. when I hear that, whatever it was is gone. Mm. Now it's just a circus song. Definitely. Yeah, some pieces like that they just they just kind of enter a different a different sort of stratosphere of of 
I don't know of, of people just knowing it. Everyone, everyone knows it, even if they're not a classical music fan. Like, mm. you mm. know, they've just they've just heard it. You know, it's it's like it's like Feralise. Everyone's heard that piece, but mm. they don't really know where. You know, uh, yeah, I don't know how that works. But I guess in this movie, they're saying that yeah, Berlin is a is a crazy circus, a carousel. I guess so, but 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 if you read it from its what it actually is, it's a it's a it's a sword fight in in the um in the in the ballet, so I guess it's it's a it's a sword fight between nations, know, between nations, yeah. So. Ooh, I like that. That's good. It's <laughs> good, Ricky. Very good. One one thing I wanted to ask is how did Coke sign off on this film? Can you just can you just have a film today and just like have coke in it everywhere and the guy is a coke executive and well i don't know i'm always fascinated when when you know big companies sign on for various reasons sometimes they just go no such thing as bad publicity <laughs> sometimes hmm. they you know like but then cuz this movie sort of makes them well it make it says that they that their execs are yeah, greedy philanderers and stuff mm. like and um or maybe that's a normal person in 1960 i don't know maybe it's like maybe from our perspective we go oh you dreadful man whereas back then they're like oh he's he's assertive he's strong <laughs> he knows what he wants you know like maybe i don't know maybe it's it's just a thing so yeah but i'm fascinated like because you know certainly my experience has been you know no one's ever wanted to put themselves in anything i've ever done but in terms of companies in fact i'm sure they'd be like can you blur it blur it all out and we'll see you but if you came to them with a certain amount of money any anything would be possible well this guys this is a different conversation isn't it because this is billy wilder and he's just come from winning the oscars and stuff and you know and and just a run of crazy classics to sit down and i mean they'll take the meeting you know then it's not like he he, they're gonna not listen so fascinating yeah. stuff. All right. Well, I think it's time for that uh, Me Too meter, isn't it? First things first, heaven's the Bechdel. It's the Bechdel test. As we know, the Bechdel test is an informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media, which we're all doing every week, all the time. That's what we want you doing. A work is said to pass the Bechdel test if it has... Two named women who talk to each other about something other than a man. So, Scarlett and Mrs. Mac do speak to each Mm. other in one substantial scene, okay? And they are named characters, which is good, but they discuss Scarlett's beau, Otto, mainly, which signals the failure of the Bechdel test. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't know what they would be talking about. I mean, like... (laughs) You know, like I don't I, know how she's staying there. But I, but this, but this, this test sometimes sucks. Like it's a movie about about you know a charming hookup, you know a disastrous but charming hookup scenario, and this is the 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 wife. Like, what are they meant to talk about? They have it, to. It talk would about be vapid chit chit chat. Is all it would be. Well, then don't put it in the movie. It can't be in the movie. It needs to be consequential. So, again, fuck you, Bechdel. I don't care about you. <laughs> and then well, there's another scene with the wife and the secretary. Yes. And but they're and they just codedly talking, talking about her getting stooped. But is that that's part of her work though, right? So could you perhaps oh. 
argue <laughs> that she's talking about work. Mm, very good. Very no, good. I don't think so. I will uh, <laughs> consult some of the radical feminists and see what they think about that. All right. In what we've come to expect from Billy Wilder, he celebrates transphobia by having Schlemmer wear uh, Ingeborg's polka dot dress to dupe the Soviets into giving up Otto. It's all a big joke uh, to him. If there's one thing that's not funny, it's a gangly man with a lean and muscular knobbly frame squeezing into a dress that was tailored to the curves of a woman. Okay. <laughs> and what is a woman, I say? And you better say uh, one what has a dick, Ricky. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and who is knobbly. Podcast is over. Uh, there is one joyful and um, prescient mo- moment, however, when Schlemmer tells McNamara that he was late coming back from into West Berlin after the heist because he was picked up by an American GI on the way who wanted to shoot him for Playboy magazine. Despite the fact that the Playboy figurehead is basically the Taliban in a silk robe when it comes to women's rights... Uh, <laughs> We need to praise this stunning and brave publication uh, separately for featuring Ines Rao, the first trans playmate um, in 2017, and Bretman Rock, an out gay man, uh, donning the bunny suit in 2021 uh, on the cover of all things as well. <coughs> Looked fabulous. Too many businesses now focus on customer satisfaction and creating products that people want to buy. Uh, why did we need to wait 50 years to force uh, the kinds of heterosexual men who own Playboy shot glasses and decals to look at gay boys and lady boys, I say. <laughs> so, bravo, Playboy. Uh, Miss Ingeborg is uh, McNamara's secretary and is treated, as Ricky pointed out, basically like a bathroom key at a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> is passed around to every filthy fecker out there okay we are given several lingering looks at her ample behind uh straining through her tight skirts she's made to dance a kind of jaunty striptease for the soviets well for us really we are complicit in this sex trafficking uh prostitution is evil and sex work harms women Unless it's OnlyFans uh, and you're in the top earners category, then it's beautiful and empowering and you go, girl, as we know. Uh, You know what I'm going to say here, just this last little point. Ingeborg should not be McNamara's secretary. Uh, She should be running Coca-Cola and men like McNamara should lean the fuck out. little rewrite (laughs) suggestion. Billy Wilder engages in constant innuendo uh, with McNamara, talking of restarting his German lessons with Miss Ingeborg. She says that... He must be getting rusty, and he suggests that he will need to work on it twice as hard from now on. He keeps saying that he needs to brush up on the umlaut. Uh, <laughs> Mac tells her at one point also, uh, your goose pimples are showing, and she says, looks down and says, that's nothing. You should see my sister. <laughs> I mean, this is just two. I could go on all day. There is nothing funny about innuendo. Ricky, Ricky. Would it be funny if I said I would like to come around and dip my big banana in your chocolate sundae? <laughs> or if I wanted you to lick my juicy plums after that? That's <laughs> so my case. <sighs> so that's what I've got. Well, I mean, the only other thing I picked out was, um, unfo- you know, Scarlet is 17. 
Mm. You know, but then again, maybe she's a mature minor, as the left is saying now. That's that's what you can be. Mm. You can be a mature minor, which sounds great. So, <laughs> you know, minor attracted persons, we're down. We're down with all that. So just, um, yeah, bring it on. What else? I, I think it's the, the bar, you know, using the secretary as a bargaining chip is, is I think that, that pushes this film totally over to, to, to full Me Too marks, I think. Yes, I don't think you can get, get over that. I mean, what do you think, AJ? What do you reckon? Do you think that he, if she'd said no, do you think he would have fired her? Yes. Oh, really? to, to the, um, to being. Yeah, to being used like that. I think she was down. She was down. She said, I don't know who I like better, the bald one or the fat yeah, one. Yeah, she know? was like, loving it. She's into it all. But he's going to leave her in East Berlin. I mean, it's dreadful. So yeah. <laughs> to, get, to have to have sex with these guys, like, I mean, I don't, I just don't know how it all works, you know. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, she was down, which is problematic. Like, but So maybe, the again, the, te- the test I've got now is you just think about um, where you can't play it. So Yeah, okay. If it was on, it's not the only test because there's got to be some. There's got to be more than one way of looking at this because I think the Ricky's right. Like, like that bargaining chip thing is yeah, it's is terrible. Tough. It's tough to sell, but there's something because it's but someone like a hot monstrous, but people don't care, and mm. and Marilyn Monroe was had her life destroyed by piggish men, you know, and mm. and from Hugh Hefner to JFK and whatever, and no one cares. So. Everyone's like, oh, she's so good in this movie. And you're like, well, it's a bit of a downer. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, you know. So, I mean, could, could you play, again, could you play this for family and friends, Boxing Day? Could you play it, um, you know, is there anyone whose house you'd be at where you'd have to go, oh, we can't, yeah. Oh. No, you'd have to pretend like you don't like it. Like you're watching it, you're at a holiday house with an extended group oh. of friends and they're watching the movie and then, you know, one of the chicks with a nose ring or something says, oh. oh, oh, she says like, oh, God, this is just, I mean, this is just so, well, first she'd say it's rando or something. <laughs> and you'd go, um, no, it's Billy Wilder, actually. And then she'd go, oh, well, yeah, okay. And then she'd eventually say, she'd be like, oh, my God, this is just so probo. Like, this is just so probo. <laughs> probo. <laughs> and then I'd just be sitting there seething, just going, who invited this bitch? You know, so I mean, what are, what are I, we doing? I, I think this would be a hard sell just because of the pace of it and and you know the the political content of it mm. on the holiday house scenario. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I had to just say I, I, I just I like that we're all still there. And you're going, the oh, geez, how's that going to work? How's that going to work? <laughs> yeah. And then you go, I don't think we could get them to watch it, these people, because, you know, That's it's a bit right. fast and that, a bit confusing. Yeah. No, uh, and you'd put it on and you'd go, oh, this is really great. You know it's really good. And then <gasps> oh. these motherfuckers, like, they've, they've had too much Everyone's to drink. On they're on their phones. When they're on their phones. Checking phones. That's why I gave up showing movies to people. Like, like yeah. you know, I just take it too personally. Like, if I'm showing you something that's going to improve oh. your life. And you're checking your phone and stuff. I'm and just you're like, turning Sorry. around with the big smile on your face. Yeah, and I'm like, did you get that one? Did you get that one? Did you get that bit? Did you get that bit? And they're like, oh, no, just, you know. Oh, no, they're looking up trivia. I even hate yeah. that where they're like, oh, oh, did you know? And I'm like, shut up. Stop yeah, that. Leave that shit to the end. That's don't, right. don't even look at it. Don't even look at the trivia. Yeah. I mean, I know Ricky oh. does trivia, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's an extra thing. We watch the movie a bunch of times. Like, we don't just... Mm. 
focus on the trivia. The goofs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are not goofs, people. No. All right. So look, I, I I tend to think this is this is this is pretty high. I don't I don't yeah. think there's because there's no there's no heart in this movie either. That's the thing. Like there's no mm, there's no okay. one. It doesn't have a emotional heart. Some like it hot does that that one that one scene that. I did never notice before where Tony Curtis does get busted up about what a scumbag he is. So there, that's not in this movie. Like sort of Cagney mm. is a douchebag and he gets his comeuppance. He doesn't get the promotion. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's not like, but we're not going, oh, we're not sad about it. You know, we're, we feel good that he's learned a lesson, but he's probably going to work on that umlaut in Atlanta as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, I'm giving it a 10. I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. All right, good. Well, look, review's time. Oh, no, sorry, you go. Yeah, I'm just. Did you just in, interrupt the boomometer? <laughs> I did. I did. No, start that, over. Start over. No, I just. Oh, sorry, I'm just. Please this don't is like this. this is this is like one of those clips you see of two, I don't know, big time like co- like commentators like having it having it out. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be like, did did you did you just don't interrupt the boomometer? Don't you dare interrupt the boomometer <laughs> in your life. All right. Anyway, to get on with it, to, AJ, to be honest with you, quantity zero, yeah. quality unknown, unknown, you know? Like, I mean, Ricky sent me some background information, mm. but I mean, I can't really, you know, like, it, I mean, yeah, they look good, but I want to see them you know, in, in this, <laughs> you know? And so I just, I just, I'm left hurt, upset, disappointed. And alone. again. And alone. <laughs> so, yeah, you get nothing. Right? You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Well, time notes that Wilder purposely neglects the high precision of hilarity that made Some Like It Hot, a screwball classic, and The Apartment a peerless comedy of officemanship. But in the rapid, brutal, wham-bam style of man-swatting flies with a pile driver, he has produced a sometimes bewildering, often wonderfully funny exercise in non-stop nuttiness. The film won kudos from the staff at Variety. Uh, They wrote that Billy Wilder's 123 is a fast-paced, high-pitched, hard-hitting, light-hearted farce crammed with topical topical gags and spiced with satirical overtones. The story is so furiously quick-witted that some of the wit gets snarled and smothered in overlap, but the total experience packs a considerable wallop. I, I would actually agree with that, how, you know, a lot of the gags get smothered and overlapped by other gags, yep. you know. So that's why, but but it makes for a film that, that uh, you could watch several times, mm. you know. Now, moving on to IMDb, this uh, particular person calling themselves Handling Handle oh. uh, gave it 2 out of 10, calling it grotesque. Oh. Okay. My parents took me to this when I was a little boy. I didn't understand it and thought it, and thought it wasn't funny. Now I understand it and I think it isn't funny. Arlene Francis seems almost the only one to emerge unscathed, and she is not exactly a great in the history of acting. The others, James Cagney especially, shout as if they were on the Maud TV show, which I know came out considerably later. 
Cagney, so brilliant in the 1930s, is very disagreeable here, and he is the centre of the movie. At his peak, he could hold the screen the way few others in history have. Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn, Divine. He and Wilder did not see eye to eye, and boy, does that show in the finished, in the finished product. I don't like the other Berlin movie of the very great Billy Wilder either. That is a foreign affair. I know Jean Arthur was difficult during the shooting, but it is a very unkind movie, in my opinion. It is, however, better than this mess. Fuck. I just had a jack-off session. That was just jacking off. See what I've watched. See what I know. Circle jerk. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it it just seems like some people are in their own review show yeah. in their head and no, there's <laughs> yeah. no audience there's no they don't have to think about show business they don't think about you know writing material it's just like anyone is just listen just listen to my ramblings and that 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 review was written in 2004 yeah this movie wow. would have been shit when you're a kid <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you didn't care about the Cuban Missile Crisis. No. And, oh, oh, sorry, it wasn't around then. But, uh, you know, but yeah, look, I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, good review. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad we all watched that. I, I'm going to – I love this movie now. And I'm going to – I feel really connected to it, you know. I've seen it. I'm, I'm plugged in. That's good. Yeah, to, it does – it's one of those ones – I mean, you never convince anyone to get to that point. Mm. You never you – never, imagine that. If you just watch it a couple of times, you'll it'll really get in there and you just go But then but then those same fucking people that they'll watch they'll get they'll get that um, reality T V streaming uh, service, <laughs> Hey You or whatever, and they'll rewatch like Survivor or they'll rewatch something mm. like ten hours of it and they'll go, Anyway, that was great and you go, Well, why can't I just rewatch this Kagum? Oh. That's fucking weird. I and think you, you should dust this off for boxing day. <laughs> Boxing Day 2023, don't even say anything. Just go, hey, guys, let's put a movie on here. I think for the right people, you can... Yeah, so everyone's on their phone checking the cricket scores. (laughs) And you're trying to go, anyway, the Berlin Wall, and they just go, shut up. We had enough of you yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You made us watch It's a Wonderful Life two days ago. Oh, goodness me. Well, I've been thinking about where we head next and, you know, I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking of you guys. And I feel like, because we don't have any themes coming up, although I know Ricky is very excited about um, uh, Pride Month. Yes. Uh, but that's still a little ways off. Uh, I think we should, this is going to be, this is partly for you, AJ, because I know you're, all, you, you're, you're on a language journey of your own. I think this guy's going to be oh. our guy. Okay. All right. I think we should do Fellini. Oh. And go, go for it. So, AJ, I expect since you are, you know, oh. doing a little bit of Italian, I think you can give us a bit of an oh. insight there. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of ways we could go, but I think, you know, we should probably start with the eight and a half, I think, you know, probably just go do that. And then he's got one that's right up our alley called City of Women, which we're going to do. And um, maybe Juliet of the Spirits or Satyricon or see see where we where we where we land. But I think this guy's going to be our guy. Amazing. Mm. All right. But uh, next I'm week so we do have our mano a mano, which will be Casino. Oh, I love Casino. Is... Sharon Stone is amazing in that. <laughs> it movie. is good. It is good. And I'm trying to encourage everyone to watch um, the the Irishman. Oh yeah. As well, yeah. so that you can. Mm. I think that y- you. You know, because we've all seen Casino, and I think that 
when you watch The Irishman, you've got something to compare it to. Mm. Same people, almost to a to a a person, to a man. <laughs> you know, they're all in it, <laughs> and uh, you get to see a different take on you know, similar sort of material at a different time. And, you know, although it is ch challenging, I, d I think there is some great stuff in The Irishman. But next week we are watching Casino. And um, cool. again, I'm going to try and not spend the whole show talking about how I wish that we made Casino today. You know, oh. like that's just, you just, just hurts so much. You're just like, wow, they made that. People went to the movies and saw that. And De Niro was in it and they spent a long time making it and there was like literally no, not one superhero in it. Like not yeah. one, not a crossover. Oh. There wasn't a credit sequence like at the end, like some post-credit sequence with Sam Jackson <laughs> telling us what's coming out next. That you waited five minutes for. Yeah, it wasn't any of that. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, that's Great. next week. Wow, we said what we said. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Stand by. Yeah. I think uh, so. I didn't feel like school was overly offensive. No. <laughs> Good. Till next time, longer than you flesh. And remember, Cyboob Cinema will we'll save, save cinema. cinema. <laughs> 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 get it right. We'll get it right one of these days. It's, it's <laughs> funny when it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Anyway. All right. Next week. Wait. Would it be funny if I said I would like to come around and dip my big banana in your chocolate sundae? Or if I wanted you to lick my juicy plums after that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my case. <sighs> <sighs>